0: Okay, guys, this is Quasar Quinology 15. We are at the end of phase one of Quasar Quinology, which we'll explain at the end of this episode. I'm joined again by Bex Luther, What up? And G.I. Jolie. This is your host, Mike L. Um, we are reviewing Incredible Hulk, number 279, by Bill Mantlo, Sal Busema, and Greg LaRock. Um, Becca, would you like to quickly summarize this story?
1: The Hulk gets a parade because now he... Is Bruce Banner, but in the Hulk's body. I guess
0: it's a strange. It's one of the strangest (laughs) comics I've ever read. Um, Basically, the entire issue is the Hulk just (laughs) doing this, like participating in this parade and doing like a uh, kind of a press conference, um, getting presented with a key to the city, and um, you know, I I don't know what to say about this. this. it's not really a story, is it?
1: Well, every superhero comes by to tell the people how much that they have a boner for the Hulk. Right. And it's really weird. Well,
0: that's what I mean. It's like how there's not really a story, so you can't even summarize it. Other than that, virtually every Marvel superhero shows up, including Quasar, who has no dialogue. He's only in the first few panels of this issue, um, so there's not really much to say about Quasar. As far as the story itself, it's there. this is one of many times that. Um, the Hulk Became Intelligent. Um, and, and before... I'm sorry.
2: Before sure. anyone strings us up, I'm just going to correct ourselves here. The author is Bill Mantlow, Mark Grunewald, and Greg LaRocco, the artist. Janice Chang is the letterer, and Bob Sharon is the colorist. Sabu Shema is not involved in this book. Oh, did I see Sabu Shema? Yes.
0: Oh, my God. And I know
2: someone's going to point it out, uh-huh. because...
0: We're real good at being wrong. That's true. You know what? It's because Sal Buscema did the next issue, and I sort of just imposed his name onto this issue. You're right; he didn't. So it's once again Mark Grenwall doing art, who also did the last comic we reviewed. So again, the art has kind of a similar vibe to it. To it, Greg LaRock did the inks on this one, so it's it's actually noticeably different. Mm -hmm. The art's pretty good in this one. the story is bizarre, as we said. Um, basically, like we said, he's up there doing speeches. Not much happens. Uh, people come up and do... It's almost like a wedding where people are coming up or and reminiscing. A funeral. Or a funeral. <sighs> uh, coming up and reminiscing about the Hulk and his memories they have with him. Then the thing comes in and presents a giant uh, statue of the Hulk. Also, We also learn in the backstory that the Hulk has been has received a presidential pardon. For, <laughs> for all. For all the, the destruction. Murders. The murder. I mean, let's be clear, he must have murdered people over the years. I don't know the exact number, but he must have murdered someone, right? I mean, with all the destruction he caused. Oh
1: yeah, and then the inhumans show up and
0: And the Asgardians show up. And then
1: literally all of Asgard shows up and
0: Um Strange story. Um, you know
1: The defenders. Oh, I forgot are angry. the Atlanteans
0: show up, right?
1: never and then a ship mm, but how are they breathing
0: but also we get to see all of these international heroes that were introduced in contests of the champions or contests of champions like shamrock defensor sabra
1: oh yeah and then the page the, 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 the page of of non-american superheroes
0: yeah you gotta stick them in there unfortunately they only get a page
1: yeah they get one page everyone gets one little picture
0: mm-hmm. um like arabian Night, may Allah guide the green one Oh, sorry, May Allah guide the green green one. one. Black Panther's
1: there. I thought he'd get more screen time, but nah, he's not from America, so.
0: (laughs) Yeah.
1: All Alpha Flight. It's so... Oh, Sasquatch and Alpha Flight. I didn't... I think Sasquatch was part of Alpha Flight. Oh, yeah. Is he? I thought he was just there sometimes. Oh, no, he
0: was in it for sure, yeah. (laughs) We've got a lot in common, you and I, Hulk. (laughs) Anyway.
1: I'm big, and you're also big. (laughs)
0: Like...
1: (laughs) And yet, do they ever bring back um, Shamrock? Because I like her.
0: Shamrock? Uh, I, you know, I, I, I'm sure she showed up at some point, but never in any um, any significant role, that's for sure. Uh, I really like Blitzkrieg's costume here, the German guy. Cool, very cool. And then um, the
1: Soviet Union guys show up.
0: Mm-hmm. Vanguard, Darkstar, and Major Ursus. Awesome. The Soviet super soldiers. Then Silver Surfer comes. It's kind of, it's kind like, of funny. What's that? I
1: forgot Silver Surfer yep. came.
0: It's funny, how, how did he even know about this?
1: It's a silver server, how would mm. he not know?
0: Willie Lumpkin shows up to, oh, and shows him the fan mail. What would you think of the scene of the Hulk crying? Dumb. Yeah, <laughs> okay. I was going to say, it brought a tear to my eye. Yes, for once in my life, the world is beside me instead of against me. Mm. The only words I can find to express the way I feel right now are, thank you.
1: But, like, Bruce, I get that you're sad, but you also destroyed a lot of stuff. Like, let's, like, I get it you're discriminated against, but you also did a lot of bad
0: things. It's also kind of interesting because this issue is structured in a way that it really only has one or two scenes. It has one long scene of the Hulk at this parade. Then it has this cutaway to an alien planet, Krylor, where some woman is sort of like, um, she, you know, she reveals that it's all part of her secret plan, and we don't find out why in this issue what's going on, but we'll find out later. Then we, show, we, we cut over to the leader here who's all upset about whatever. We cut back to the parade, And basically, that's it. That is the story. The
1: leader was saying that he is the mastermind behind the world liking the Hulk now.
0: That's right. Yes, yes, Jack Daw. despite your blunder at Gamma Base, no one suspected the lethal leader of having manipulated events from afar to make the Hulk a hero to the world, thus engineering his acceptance. Awesome.
1: You also forgot to mention that the Watcher Mm -hmm. comes.
0: The Watcher? Did he come? Yeah, he gives him a 20-sided die. That's right, and that's the D&D. weirdest looking watcher I've ever seen, I must say. He usually his head's a lot bigger.
1: Yeah, they just drew his body big.
0: Yeah, and he gives him this dice, or with, die. With
1: pictures of all of his friends on it.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, also dumb. So then we get to this last issue where basically he has, oh, he sees Betty Ross in the crowd and then Betty Ross... She can, pieces out. Yeah, she disappears. And then, and then it basically ends with him sort of lamenting over Betty and then... Reed Richards is walking towards him. He says, well, Hulk, it looks as though, it looks as if your lonely days are over. And then everyone's around him. And then that's the end. Next month, alone in a crowd. That is, like I said, one of the weirdest comics I've ever read. And that's a very strange note to go out on in this podcast. Um, Becca, what would you think overall of this issue?
1: It's pretty dumb.
0: <laughs> pretty dumb? Well,
1: it's just like another, ugh, what was the, whatever one we read before, one of the Dowser ones, where I was like, it was just kind of like a waste of my time. <laughs>
0: Which and is... we're seven minutes in. Anyway, we oh, have geez. nothing to say about this comic. Uh
1: Wolverine claps with his claws. That's cool. I
0: noticed that too. Wait, where was that? <laughs> I noticed that. That was so funny. Let me just go back here.
1: Where in where everyone's clapping, but instead of clapping, Wolverine extends his adamantium claws.
0: I have to find it right also, now. Also,
1: the statue's made out of adamantium. Mm-hmm. Because why is it? why not?
0: Darn it. Um
1: It's a teeny tiny panel near the Get, it's right, you passed it. Oh, I
0: passed it? It's that one. Oh, right here. So this is digital page nine, uh, original page six. Everyone is clapping, but Wolverine just pops his claws, and they actually drew in the... Actually, it doesn't even say snick, snicked. It just says snick. So I guess they hadn't finalized the sound effect at but that like,
1: point. But, like, doesn't that hurt him still? Huh? I thought Wolverine didn't would, would use his claws be, when he had to.
0: Because it, feel, because it felt... It, because it hurts, you mean? Yeah. I think at this point they hadn't established that it hurts. Okay. That came later, yeah. Because
1: I was, like, so confused. I was like, what are, It's like the... There's a, a really great gif online from the um, the X-Men animated series where Wolverine's using his claws to cut sausages up. Uh-huh. And it's just like... And then there's, like, another scene where he's like, it hurts every time. Yeah. And it's just like, all right, we'll put it with the sausages, uh-huh. though.
0: That's kind of gross, too, because every time he, he murders pops his people. claws... He does bleed, right? And then he also stabs other people. Yeah, but then he's using those same claws to cut sausages. That's kind of gross. Yeah, you know. Anyway.
2: Wouldn't his healing factor just heal around the popped out claws? That's what I never got. It's like, okay, once a human um, is... uh, I, I don't know what the medical term is, but like, if you leave something out long enough that protrudes from your skin, your skin starts to grow around... Um, whatever is, like, the invasive, whatever, as long as it doesn't cause infection. So he's, like, an, he's like this weird anomaly that his skin is being... Um, Penetrated? No. Well, yeah,
1: but... Yeah, it is.
2: <laughs> Sorry, I'm having a hard...
1: Well, no, and then, like, his bones come out, too, right? So it's, like, I had a hamster once that, uh, um she chewed off her back leg, and then she had a little piece oh. of bone sticking out. Oh. But then the fur grew around it, so she had little furry nubs, because she, then she did the same thing with the other back leg. Oh. Um, shout out to Scott, <laughs> my little hamster that lived way too long. Oh. Um, no, she was great. She was a great okay. hamster. She ate all the other hamsters in her tank. Oh. Um, don't get hamsters. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it just, like the fur just would grow around the bone. So I'm assuming maybe wouldn't that would happen with Wolverine?
2: Yeah, and wouldn't it happen... Faster with Wolverine, like it's just such a weird thing to think about. Um, yeah, I guess we complain and, about, and, uh, yeah, and also it's just like again, this is another, th- this is Quasar.
0: <laughs> we're talking about Wolverine,
2: about Qua- no, it's not even that we're talking about Wolverine, it's that there's <laughs> well, that, that's... He's the, he, he shows up just like everyone yeah. else,
0: but like. Huh. Yeah, but we could have done a, a a podcast about Firebird and we'd have just as much to see about her. I don't think that's really relevant. I don't know.
1: Can, are we ever going to read any cool Quasar comics?
0: Well, that's a good that's a good mm. uh, question, Becca. It
1: and it's a trick question because there are none.
0: No, is the
2: idea that we talk about him appearing or is it that we just talk about the comic because he's in it? The
0: idea is that we just talk about the comic that he's appearing in. We're reviewing the comic he's appearing in. Mm. Now.
1: Anyway, back to Wolverine's claws and how they're unrealistic and also back to Spider-Man driving a car and how it's too realistic.
0: But that happened last That week. was in the last episode, Becca, <laughs> last week. Remember?
1: Yeah, I was there.
0: Um So I remember it. This is a weird comic that I don't think could possibly be published today. What do you think? I don't well, think it could well, exist. Well, they
2: reprinted in 2007 according no. to the copy that we're reading.
0: But what I mean is no one could write this today. No one even think to write this today because I think they take themselves way too seriously now at in, in Marvel and, to some extent, DC. But I just... I'm not saying this is a great comic, but... It, no and also what part of this too is
2: like them it's also kind of a weird form of them taking themselves way too seriously as well like they they really take themselves seriously enough to not do something as kind of like gangsters giving a, a Hulk the par- a parade like this and kind of making a big deal about it and having everyone like ascend upon New York in order to like is it New York yeah. um, mm-hmm. in order to like uh, make a big deal out of Bruce um, Bruce being inside the Hulk or being I can't remember how they described it, but like, it to me this is this is also them kind of taking themselves a little bit too seriously. You, you understand what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, because it's just a comic of of everyone just talking about how great the Hulk is. Yeah, and it seems kind of like everyone's talking about how great Marvel is for having the Hulk.
2: Yeah, like Marvel today mm-hmm. wouldn't do this now because they're too good for it. Marvel did this in the '60s because they could
0: and they could uh, charge 60 cents a head for it. I know, but I don't see the I don't get your point. I don't see how this is an example of them taking themselves too seriously.
1: There's no there's no we read this and go, "Wow, ridiculous." Mm-hmm. But there's no self-awareness to that in this. It is Yeah, they publish
2: is... this completely unironically. What I'm saying is that like if mm. if they didn't take themselves seriously they would publish this ironically in the 60s knowing that it was ridiculous. I, but they didn't think this was ridiculous at all. I don't know. And that's what I'm saying. I said that's what I mean.
1: Like every superhero across the the world, and then some, coming together to talk about how cool the Hulk is. It's I'm just a, saying
0: because I know that Mark Grenwell, he and and uh, most of his stories, he uses humor. I think he was aware how ridiculous this was, but maybe. But it's not
1: played off that way. It's played straight. Well, it's like it's like when you're like a kid and you're like, oh, I like Justin Bieber, ironically, but it's like, mm-hmm. no, you like him.
2: Yeah, because <laughs> here's the thing, and and this is this is why I. Um, as someone who's read Mark Grinwald uh, mm-hmm. and knowing he's like a humorist, mm-hmm. usually is that when you get to the end mm-hmm. and how they leave the Hulk with you, mm-hmm. that's where I don't think that the, maybe this is as comedic as intended, because it, it it's meant to like maybe lead into deeper issues, but why would they introduce the deeper issue of like the psychology of a lonely physicist and also like a Hulk and a monster? Like why would they introduce it in,
0: with such <laughs> fanfare? I guess with uh, a parade. I like? think we're just. I think it's semantics because I think what I'm saying is that it's more like there's something about the way uh, Marvel Comics are done now, especially under people like Brian Bendis, where
1: you really don't like him. I eh?
0: no, I don't. No, I hate him. But they. It's like he's so obsessed like with make, making everything adult and serious that his, his mind is closed off to certain ideas. But I think even with Stan Lee when he was writing in the 60s, his, all of his comics were a little bit satirical. There was a little bit of humor to them. And so it, I think it opens up the possibilities to a lot more things. And this is an example where now it, it's almost like take just the, the basic idea of the pitch. And whenever somebody says, if I say to someone, what is that comic about? And they describe it to me in just five lines. Whenever it's a Brian Michael Bendis comic, it makes my stomach churn because I'm like, that just sounds so freaking pretentious. But if I were to describe this to you...
1: The you, Hulk gets a parade. It's fun.
0: I'd be like, I want to read that.
1: And you'd be like, why? Because...
0: But then you read it and there's no substance. It then,
2: literally is just a parade. True, it isn't so much of a story, but because I think it's a great idea.
1: What they could have done was they could have had all of the Avengers in like their headquarters and still praising the Hulk. Like It doesn't have to be this grandiose thing. And then Hulk sees Betty on the street or something and he realizes that he is alone. And then you actually have this interesting dynamic between the Hulks now getting the approval that he always wanted from his cohorts and Mm -hmm. like his co-workers and everything, but still not getting the woman that he loves. But it's all overshadowed by how ridiculous and dumb everything is. And then you have this last panel where he's like, the panel where you, like you said when he was crying Uh and I was like, that's stupid, is what, like... Is really stupid compared to the last panel where he sees Betty and realizes that none of this giant parade matters like
0: it's, which is awesome
1: yeah that last page is the only decent page in this whole story it's just mm-hmm. it just they, if they wanted but it's all ruined by what happens before because I'm like oh I don't care you got a whole parade shut up be happy for yourself like, I don't feel the sympathy as if they mm. would have done, if they could have done something else. And the entirety of New York is on his side, except for mm-hmm. one woman.
0: I think it just shows how much he loves her, and that's all. She's the most important thing to him. If she doesn't like him, if she doesn't. If she, you know, she abandons him here. She abandons him here, and the fact that she is not happy for him or she's not supporting him, that's all that really matters to him. I think that's what it's showing. But anyway, so well, what then do you, you guys. you have a whole
1: parade.
0: Yep. So what do you guys give it out of 10? Zero. Okay. Jolie. Point 0.5. I give it a 6 out of 10. It makes me
1: angry because I really like Bruce Banner as a character. And this comic diminishes everything that he's ever stood for.
0: Really? Okay. Um, so you would not rush out to read. Would you read more Hulk comics written by Mark Grenwald?
2: I don't. Yeah.
0: It's like, I don't uh, know what that means though. <laughs> so. Oh, I did, well, I just. What I just said. Does it, actually, it's not even him. Would you read more comics written by Bill Mantlow?
1: Not if they treat the Hulk like like he's so black and white. Mm-hmm. It's just there's no substance here. There's Hulk said, and then Hulk said.
2: I don't know enough about the Hulk's character in mm-hmm. order to make a fair assessment between authors who write that character. So I don't, I can't answer that question mm-hmm. effectively.
0: Good
1: booty shorts though. Ten mm-hmm. out of ten on the booty shorts.
0: So anyway, um, mm-hmm. basically, this is the. Final episode of the first phase of Quasar Chronology. This podcast was um, reviewing all the appearances Quasar made before he was given his own uh, monthly series in 1989. Okay, so now the question for all the listeners out there, all 16 million of you, is if you are, is if you would like us to continue doing the Quasar Quinology reviewing his monthly series by Mark Grenwald and Paul Ryan. If you are, please let us know um, in the comments section, in whatever platform you're listening to this on. We would love to keep... What's that? Send us an email. Yeah, send us an email at... Mail at comicbooksyndicate.com Let us know in whatever form you'd like. But um, if you're interested in us continuing to review Quasar, please let us know because we would love to do it. But if there's no interest in it, we're not going to do it, right?
1: I have a question. Sure. How did he get his own series after all this? Like after all this, like his arm is in one comic, his butt is in one comic. (laughs) Like, you know what? But like, because
0: his butt was in one comic. (laughs) Ayo. (laughs) I think there's a good explanation for that. Um, When Marvel got new owners um, around, I think '86. Actually, they might have got bought twice, but in 1989, they basically expanded their line and they said, okay, we want new comics. So they launched like six new comics in one year. It was, from what I remember, this is my hazy memory, it was like Moon Knight, Guardians of the Galaxy, a few other ones, uh, oh, She-Hulk, Submariner, and one of them was Quasar. Now, my only guess is for a character that didn't appear in any Marvel comics for six years... The fact that the Quasar Monthly was written by Mark Grenwald and Mark Grenwald was like an editor, an executive editor, it was probably just a matter of, well, I'm going to write my favorite character that I've been using in Marvel Team-Up and Marvel 2-in-1, and so they probably just let him do whatever he wanted. That was probably it.
1: So they're like, well, if you ruin it, there's it's Quasar.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everyone has a, spot, a soft spot for a security guard.
0: Mm-hmm. A
1: hey, Nightly. He- security He's the guard. head of the security force. Okay, don't diminish. He had to work up that ladder.
0: And Quasar has a small but dedicated following, including me. I love Quasar. I've always loved Quasar. I've, I used to have the entire run of the series. Um, I've got the collection in there somewhere, in my bookshelf. So anyway, I would love to review them, but only if people are interested. If they're not interested, we're not going to do it.
1: I don't know anything about Quasar, and we've read so many comics with him in it, so it would be interesting to see it, because who is Wendell? There what is what does he like? What does he dislike?
0: And you will find out if you read Quasar by Mark Grenwald. So that's it. That wraps up phase one of Quasar Chronology. Hopefully we'll see you again soon. Otherwise you can uh, listen to other... You can stick it. <laughs> you can listen to other podcasts on the Comic Book Syndicate. So that includes Flea Market Fantasy hosted by myself and Mike Dell, which covers a different Bronze Age comic every week. Then there's Here Comes the Spider Cast with myself and Joshua Mervell. And uh, what about Quasar chronology? Well, we've reviewed every chronological appearance of Quasar from his first appearance as Marvel Boy up until 1983. From 1983 to 89, he disappeared, and then he got his own solo series. So we would like to review his appearances in his own series, but we got to make sure there's people out there that actually want to listen to it. So if you are listening to us on YouTube or Facebook, please feel free to leave a comment and let us know if you're interested in hearing more episodes. If you're listening on Spotify or Stitcher or iTunes, then please email us at mail at comicbooksyndicate.com and just let us know that you'd like to hear more. Otherwise, thank you for joining us for 15 episodes of Quasar Quinology. It's been a lot of fun. Quasar is my favorite superhero, and I'm looking forward to doing more. Okay, we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.